0: the American Tobacco Historic District in downtown Durham, this is Due South on WUNC. I'm Jeff Tiberi. Later this hour, we'll remember the legendary Norman Lear, whose writings, productions, and portrayals continue to have impacts on television today. Lear died last week at the age of 101. First, we're going to spend a few minutes exploring political candidates. The candidate filing period for Congress, the state legislature, and many municipal posts is open until Friday at noon. Traditionally,
1: you would see it would be, you know, a lot of white, older, male candidates. And that has changed quite a bit, just depending upon the barriers that they might face getting into an election.
0: That's Maggie Barlow, a Democratic political strategist. As we're reporting on many of those who are declaring runs for office, we thought it might also be interesting to consider would-be political candidates, the non-candidate, who is not running for office but would like to, and how come?
1: The biggest constraint probably is just with the increasing cost of campaigns, the ability to raise the money that's going to be required to be competitive in a campaign. That is a huge barrier. Um, as we've continued to see our politics get more polarized, you know, you try to get a somebody who owns a small business, well, that person may be like, well, I may lose business over this if people know that I'm a Democrat or I'm running I think there are also some things with just the lack of flexibility in their employment. And that impacts both working people, but also people with children. You know, you're you're missing out on a lot of activities in your kids' lives. So I think those are all things that prevent people from being able to run.
0: In recent years, more women have filed to run for state and federal office here in North Carolina. There have also been more candidates of color at the legislature and in statewide races, as well as first-time office holders who are Black. Yet, while that growth is important to note, the state legislature is still a body dominated by white men. The schedule of the North Carolina General Assembly remains unpredictable and the pay is paltry. State lawmakers earn $13,951 per year plus 104 bucks per diem that's when they're in session. Maddie Siegel is not a state lawmaker and she's not planning to file to run this week for any office. Though it has been something that she's thought about before. Maddie works for a nonprofit, a plant-based foods association, and she lives in Wake County with her husband and two young children. Maddie, welcome to Do South. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here. When did you first think about running for public office and why?
2: Mm, okay, well, so... After the 2016 election, like most people, I got very involved in politics, more as a volunteer, though, getting involved with um, local campaigns, knocking doors, um, all that fun stuff. But just in 2022, I really kind of considered the, you know, famous quote, um, if not me, then who? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really passionate about a lot of local issues, and I thought you know, maybe I should throw my hat in the ring. So all last year, I really kind of explored this idea, interviewed a lot of different folks who are in even the North Carolina legislature, local politicians, um, from city council, all the way over to the county commissioner, really just to learn what are these people doing and what's their day-to-day life like um, to see if this is something that I might be interested in doing.
0: And when... I'm an interviewer, you are doing the interviewing. As you explored with these office holders, what were you trying to glean out of them? Was it their day-to-day, how much money they were making, how much hate mail they were receiving? Like, what did you want to know?
2: (laughs) That, well, so that was exactly it. So, I mean, I can find online what their salary is. I can Google, you know, how much do they have to fundraise to get elected? All these things. But what I really wanted to know was, what is it really like to live in their day, you know, How do they spend their day? Are they working till 8 or 9 o'clock? You know, because I'm a mother of two young children, I had to think about if I do this, you know, what am I going to really put my family through? Um, As opposed to—and really, it was more on the if you get elected, if you win, what is your life like? Because I know that, you know, you often hear about politicians and how when you run, that's the really hard part. Mm -hmm. You know, you're raising money. You're going to all these fundraising events. But what I really wanted to know is, if I if I got it, what's my life like? Um, so that was really the angle I took.
0: Former U.S. House Speaker Tip O'Neill of Massachusetts famously uttered, "Anybody can run for the office. Mm-hmm. Running the office is the real challenge." Now I don't I don't that that that's his quote, um, but uh, illustrative perhaps there. So what did you glean from these conversations? Uh, maybe I should synthesize it this way. What was the the most Daunting warning you received, and what was the glimmer of like, oh, I really want to do this?
2: Yeah. Um, so it was different for every conversation I had. So I spoke to a, quite a few folks in the house, all women.
0: Statehouse. Uh, state House. Yep. State House, sorry. Yeah. No, state House, okay.
2: yes. Yeah. Um, all women, because I really wanted to hear their perspective. And I was mostly aiming to speak to mothers because I wanted to know, you know, what is it like to not be able to tuck your kids in at night? And how many days a week is that, that I'd be thinking about that? Um, And that, I think, was the most daunting thing, Um, of course, in addition to the low salary and the fact that um, for many of them, they do retain their full-time job while they do this work. And the work is full-time. And I'm just speaking about the General Assembly here, but we we say that these are part-time jobs and from what i gleaned from them it, it's really not i think the other really daunting thing was just that they have to be available so much in the evenings mm-hmm. um and they don't really know their schedule mm-hmm. um this was something i also found out from the security guards so mm-hmm. i went to the general assembly and and one thing i thought is why don't i just talk to the folks who are working in security and the the folks there are lovely and they explained to me that they also have to be, have very flexible schedules their families n- never know when they're going to be home in the evening so that for me was really daunting, and then there's the bit about the salary. You know, as you as you said, thirteen thousand dollars. I mean, that's really not enough to sustain a family. And one thing that my husband and I talked about is the fact that you know that our daycare costs more than that. Yeah. So we w- we would be paying for me to do this job, which just isn't logical or reasonable.
0: Time constraints. Just want to underscore that briefly by noting that I spent eight years as a legislative reporter. There is no calendar. Congress has a calendar. You can look and you can see that Congress will be in in July between these dates. And then Mm -hmm. lawmakers have have home district time. They, They have constituent time, if you will. The General Assembly does not have that. It is a it's a part time legislature. I'm using air quotes because it is ostensibly a, a, a part time, full time job where uh, the salary is less than fourteen thousand dollars a year. And the salary has not moved for a really long time, several decades now. And it's just not politically a tenable thing uh, to 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 move forward, to increase. And that's why it hasn't uh, raised at this point. Maddie Siegel is here with us on Due South. She uh, has considered a run for office, but uh, ultimately has not declared or filed to run uh, for state or municipal or uh, federal office. Maddie's here with us chatting on Due South, and I want to go second level on the money. We're talking about, you know, not it doesn't pay a lot, yet for these positions that uh, pay 13951 a year, you also need hundreds of thousands of dollars to pursue the office. Tell us what you learned on that front, please.
2: Yeah. I mean, it varies between how competitive your district is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're talking about between, you know, in some cases, $100,000, but up to $600,000. I mean, it's it's just wild how much money you have to raise to to do this. And to raise money, it's time, right? It's all time to go to fundraising events and all of these things, which is another barrier for people who, you know, have to work in the evenings or for mothers who have kids to care for at home, single parents. It's just— really playing into the lack of diversity that we have. Another thing to note is that, you know, when we—the legislature says that they can't raise the salary because, yeah, there's no political appetite for it. But the county commission did this. They raised their salary a mm-hmm. few years ago by, what was it, like 150 percent? And yes, they, there may have been this bad impression at the time— But they made the really important argument that they wanted diversity in the candidate pool and and look at our county commission. It's it's working um, from what I can see. And so, you know, as we're talking about the money that you raise and the low salary that you earn, one risk I see is that the only kind of people who can do this are either people who are independently wealthy, retired or have an extremely flexible schedule where they can retain their full-time job. So you only end up having lawyers, judges, people like that, or real estate agents. Um, Those are a few of those in, um, in the General Assembly. But when you're looking at the diversity experience you need for people who are helping to make laws for North Carolinians, we're really lacking in background and experience from people who have incredible passions and a lot to give and they just cannot make it work
0: so in the omission of those people with the admission of a lack of diversity your words which I think objectively people would have a hard time disagreeing with what transpires from your perspective or what doesn't transpire like okay there's a lack of diversity do you think it really has an impact on the on what transpires the at, the, at these legislative bodies
2: I do I mean I think if I think of you know, for all of us if you think of your work experience up until this point for for every person there's so much thought that and you know so much that you learn and glean along the way throughout your career to me, if I—and and my assumption is, obviously, yes, if you're a lawyer, great, wonderful. You have um that wonderful experience to contribute. But there's so many different industries in North Carolina, and there's so many different avenues to um, express your passion and grow and learn. Um, We're just missing all of those contributions. Our state is very diverse, not just in race, gender, ethnicity, all these things— we're, we're really just missing, missing those backgrounds of people and, and expertise. That's one thing that, you know, what these folks are bringing is expertise in their areas. We're missing a, a high level of expertise. Um, and then also there's the fact of, of just generational wealth and, and income. I think we're missing a background of individuals who have come from lower wealth, lower socioeconomic backgrounds um, in the legislature just by the nature of the dollars it takes to get there.
0: Maddie Siegel is a nonprofit worker who lives in Wake County with her husband and two young children. She considered a run for public office, but ultimately uh, did not file to run for public office. Maddie, thanks for joining us here on Do South.
2: Thanks, Jeff. It was a pleasure.
0: Candidate filing runs through Friday at noon. On the other side, we'll spend some time remembering the TV legend Norman Lear. This is Due South on WUNC.